Thanks for joining us for another episode of the VC4A Founder Series. This is a podcast where startup founders share their stories of resilience and answer questions about the challenges and opportunities encountered during their entrepreneurship journey. This series is a collection of conversations with founders highlighting the ingenuity required to thrive in uncertain markets, make it through high friction situations and past crises. Each episode highlights a different founder and the unique set of challenges they are facing. My name is David Coleman. I am the growth lead at VC4A and I will be your host. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Founder Series. Today we have with us Tomi Ayurinde, co-founder of Crowdforce. Welcome, Tomi. How are you? I'm very fine. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. It's been a while. Yeah, man. It's good, it's good to see you. Last time we spoke was um, yeah. in uh, South Africa uh, at the Venture Showcase. Good, yeah, good. we could actually touch each other then. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? How, <laughs> how the world has changed. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. Okay. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your company. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much. My name is Tommy, um, Tommy Ayurinde. Um, background in software engineering, started building software when it wasn't so sexy here in Africa. Did a lot of software for the banks, right? Uh, after a while, I joined SAP for another six, seven years. Worked across Kenya, Nigeria, South Africa, and Germany. Um, and after a while, I just decided uh, I wanted to give something else a try. I mean, SAP paid well. It was such a great job. But if I could put all that energy into creating a product, uh, maybe it could give me a lot more fulfillment and I could help change the world, right? So I gave myself like two years. Give it a try. If it doesn't work, you go back to SAP. That's no problem, right? Um, so it's been four or five years now. Right, so obviously <laughs> I did something right. Um, so in terms of Crowdforce, um, today Crowdforce is um, an app that allows any mobile, any small merchants uh, to become a mini bank branch within minutes. Um, the reason why this is important is because there's not enough financial access points to cover the entire country. So if you're gonna think about banking people or serving the underserved and the mass population in Africa, you need to think of smaller acquisition strategies, right? Um, and what more acquisition strategy to use than to use small merchants, same local retailers where everyone buys their groceries, right? Um, the amount for, they do the amount for nine, close to 80 to 90% of the economy in terms of cash transactions, right? Um, so we leverage those same channels to back the people. It's amazing how much more effective that is um, when you look about it, right? And that's what we're doing today. Um, um, and look forward to how, how far we can take this. Great. So let's, let's you, you started talking a little bit about you, your own backstory, but let's go a little bit deeper. What were some of the, what were some of the places where you, you know, tell us a bit more about that. What were some of the places where you learned certain things and how did, how did all of that culminate in the idea for Crowdforce? Okay, so interesting, right? It's been kind of a zigzag. <laughs> zigzag and coming all the way 
going back to where I should have started all along, right? Because when I talked about my experience, I talked more about my first experience working fintech. We built a lot of solutions for the banks. Um, one of the solutions I built was for the microfinance banks. At the time, they didn't have a banking solution. So we built a solution. Today, they have about 300 microfinance banks on it. Right, so super successful, locally built from scratch, right? And then I joined SAP, did more enterprise consulting. So um, less of development, but more client-facing, understanding user needs and stuff like that. And so when I decided, look, I want to build a company, give something a try, right? It would have been nice if I had looked back into my background and just realized I had a fintech experience, but I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I ran into a random problem that I thought, okay, this makes sense. This is good. Let's solve this problem, right? Which was um, an obsession with the way people collect data here in, in, um, in, in, in Africa, right? Um, so it, we started more like a, I decided let's automate that process. Um, especially for field workers, collect data on the field, synchronize it to an ERP software at the back end, because obviously I work for SAP, so it made sense. Just synchronize it into SAP, bam, I built the product of SAP. We're good. I'm not so far away from where I am. Um, but that, that's, that's one of the first things when we hit the market was to realize uh, it wasn't such a strong a strong need per se, right? And there were already products in the market that did it, right? And all of those products really took a, became huge, solid companies, right? So we had to start asking the clients, so what exactly do you need, right? Um, um, and what we started to realize is they keep asking us, can you help us collect the data, right? Like we're trying to understand um this particular state how are they using our products how is our product stacked against the competition right that's the harder work because you have someone who sits in america trying to make a decision about the consumers in africa and he he just looks like a black box to him like how do i get the data how do i know what's happening down there right so we pivoted that model and added a new offering which was we built out an agent network across the country which is and of course consider it there's a lot of unemployed youth in the country right who would be happy to get something to do right and they all have mobile phones they are on instagram they're on facebook they're on stuff right so i'm like okay if you're on instagram and you are in these remote areas we can get you help us out by answering surveys with your mobile devices going to shops and capturing pictures of products and stuff we will supply those data to the businesses that need it uh, and then pay you a stipend for that, right? So that kind of picked up, which was very interesting because now we're solving a pain point, which is you're solving it end to end, not just a product, but more a product and a service together, all in one, right? Uh, and then fast forward to two years ago, we embarked on one of the largest um, social investment programs in the country. Um, you had the government was trying to give small loans to micro traders across the country. Um, but the question they then asked themselves is, wait a minute, 
how do we find those people? There's no database of those people. How do we collect their KYC before we can even give them a loan? Right. So one of the you realize is it's the, the problems are very specific to developing countries, African countries, right? Um, and you need to localize. But that was our first inclination to understand that distribution was the key problem, right? Lots of people were building products, nice, sexy products. But one of the things you realize is when you build the product and you distribute online via Twitter and Facebook, there's a limit to how far you can go, right? Even the e-commerce industries in Africa, they realize that there's just very few people buying online because your market segment is just a little bit compared to the larger mass market that is offline doing cash transactions and the rest. So if you're going to reach out, every business that has been successful here in Africa has had to build a distribution network, right? So the easy one I say is DSTV. When you travel around, you will see a DSTV shop almost everywhere, right? Um, there, there are so many examples, right? So it makes sense. If we could solve distribution, especially for fintech companies, um, that could be our key selling points, right? Um, and every other person who had a product can then layer on this distribution to the mass market. Um, and that's how Crowdforce evolved, right? And, and it made sense that the first service you want to put on that platform is a fintech service. This network, right? It made sense to start with a fintech solution because that is the basic service that everybody needs to use, which is to open an account or open a wallet, deposit money, send money to friends and families, withdraw money whenever they need it as easy as possible, which is why we kind of evolved it, right? So we see ourselves as a financial services distribution network, right? Where we are building a network of merchants, right? That can provide not just financial services, digital services, but today to just provide financial services, right? Um, and we hope that that way we can deepen financial inclusion, right? Localize it more, bring it closer to the people. So our mission has now evolved. Our mission is to enable reliable, to make reliable data and financial services easily accessible to everyone. Um, and for, that, for us, that means that um, everyone in the country can access financial services within five to 10 minutes of wherever they are. If you need to do your KYC, if you need to send money to friends or family and you have cash or, or whatever you need to do, right? You shouldn't have to go long distances to get it, to get it done. That distribution problem, when we solve it, then we can really say we solve financial inclusion. Awesome. Okay. Now you may, you 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 described the fact that you need these this distribution uh, system, right? Um, these distributors and these merchants. But how how do you how do you recruit them? Because it's some of them are in rural areas, peri uh, urban areas. You know this this and um, yeah. How do you find them? How do you um, uh, onboard them? You know, what, what is that process like? Because you're not just onboarding a couple every week, you're onboarding them by the, by the hundreds. 
Definitely there on that. Um, so, so, so interesting. That is the hard work that no one wants to do, right? Um, and when you see a hard problem and you solve it, then you, you can be um, assured that you've created value for a very long time, right? So the first network we built was a network of young, dynamic individuals, probably just finished school, um, and youths, mobile, right? Um, and the way we did that was we did road shows with to universities across the country. Um, onboarded people and told them, look, download this app. We will send you surveys. Um, you can make an extra box every day just by answering questions. Um, so that built out about 20,000 youths across the country. Also, we did some targeting. So for example, if you stay in a particular area and you use Instagram or you use Twitter, you're kind of the person you're looking for. Because we know that you can answer simple questions, you can do simple things, you can even be more innovative in approach, in approach to work. So we built out that network of just 20,000 young individuals uh, uh, that are eager, when I say eager, eager and ready to engage, right? So in then building out this merchant network, what you do is you just leverage on what you've already built. You don't start from scratch, which is, these same guys can then walk up to the we so which is we do um what you call regional trainings we bring them together and then we train them on the product and what we're trying to achieve they then go to their communities to then disseminate that information onboard merchants meet the merchants tell the merchants about the product right set that merchant up give them uh, install the app for the merchants uh, and then introduce that merchant to a central customer service team, right? That takes care of him going forward from them, right? So essentially, it's a ground game, right? There's nothing sexy about it. Nothing, absolutely nothing sexy about it. It's a ground game, but once you do it and you do it well, you own it, right? Um, and then others can then leverage on it over time. Um, and then obviously you have some basic requirements. It needs to be a merchant that has that has a store, a four-wall store. Should have existed there for quite a while. People already probably know you there, right? Uh, so those are just the basic KYCs we do. Okay, now I think I think it's a value for you to maybe explain. Um, why, for instance, you believe that partnerships and distribution networks outperform advertising, PR, all this branding in, rural, in, in Africa. People think that, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, having a, a, a nice billboard or something like that. But I don't think that's, that's, the, way, that's the way you think. So why is this such a valuable solution? Yeah, so you have to look at demographics and then you realize, wait a minute, you need to understand how those people think, right? Um, and understand also that there's an inherent trust problem, right? Which is the average African, when he has an issue, he doesn't trust anybody to fix his issue but himself, which means he needs to have somebody to hold which is why he would rather walk into a supermarket and buy his things. If something goes wrong, he comes back to that same supermarket and tells them you have to solve a problem. When you take him digital and then something goes wrong, his money is stuck somewhere, 
and he keeps calling somebody he cannot see. And you keep telling him, we'll fix it two days, three days, four days, one week, two weeks. He, it reminds him of the trust problem he's always had for a long time, right? Um, and that is why, one of the reasons why there are loads of people who have debit cards, but they wouldn't use it online, right? You're not even talking about those that, would, that have chosen not to have debit cards, right? It's those that have, but they will not use it online because they do not want to hear, I think they call it stories that touch. We don't want to go, <laughs> I don't want to hear stories that, that uh, this thing, I'll just use what I'm used to, the person that I can see. And I know if I have a problem, it will solve my problem. Those small merchants, are the ones taking a lot of the economic activity of 70% of the population, right? That's where they do their business. And so you need to understand that. And the big companies here understand it. MTN, Indomino, Dufil. You go to remote areas, you will find a small pamphlet or a small signboard or a small logo of MTN almost everywhere you go. Right, because they've understood you need to dip in right there. Advertising on TV, you are just capturing probably the top 10, 20%. Right? If you did radio, you probably capture a lot more. Right? But yet, people work with the person they can see around them, the brand they can see around them. That's the one that really, really, really strikes them. Great. I'm glad. I think it's important for people to get the context of just the, <laughs> the cultural nuance. To 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 some, it's it's obvious if you've lived it. Yeah. But if you haven't, it's um it it could be odd, you know. That's all we could fit into this episode of our conversation with CrowdForce co-founder Tomi Ayurinde. So we split it up into two episodes. Be sure to join us for the rest of our conversation in the next episode of the Founder Series. Thanks for joining us today. If you're a startup founder looking for practical tips, check out the Startup Academy or connect directly with industry-leading experts through the Mentorship Marketplace. Be sure to keep an eye out for new programs and opportunities we make available as VC4A or boost your capital raising efforts by registering a fundraising campaign request. Our services are free for entrepreneurs, so be sure to sign up at vc4a.com. Subscribe to our podcast and join us again next time. Till then, work smart and stay safe.